Hello everyone and welcome to the Google Meditation Group webinar. Today is the 26th of February 2020 and I'm Dominic Dibble, I'm speaking from uh, London and we will be working today with together with colleagues in Geneva, uh, Minza and Florian. And obviously we are focusing on the Goodwill Meditation Group, which is a worldwide group of people linking up each Wednesday at noon to meditate on goodwill. The group aims to stimulate and strengthen the goodwill that is expressed by humanity as a whole. This webinar meets the last Wednesday of each month and provides a platform for individuals to come together to use the Goodwill Meditation and to discuss our work. Goodwill is love in action and it exists in all human relationships that carry a note of loving intention. It is a positive and dynamic energy and can be consciously utilised for the betterment of humanity and the planet. Goodwill is, in essence, the name we give to the potent energy of divine will as it is expressed through human relationship. This powerful energy overcomes all separating forces and has the potential to transform all aspects of our societies and the planet itself. Goodwill redeems, unifies, and reveals the essential goodness underlying all phenomenal expression. The existence of goodwill is evidence of the link between humanity, the spiritual hierarchy, and the divine. So before we have our discussion today, which will be on the psychological renewal of the nations, we're going to start with our meditation. And before we begin, let's recall we are sharing this effort with thousands of other people of goodwill. We can realize that we essentially are souls and as such have telepathic rapport with all souls remembering that energy follows thought. Recognize that meditation is not a passive, reflective form of devotion, but a positive, creative use of the mind, actively linking the inner and outer worlds. We can use our creative imagination to see ourselves at one with all humanity, with all that is progressive, spiritual, and working for human welfare and right human relations. And in this spirit, we can adopt a confident attitude, knowing that we are acting as a channel for the energy of goodwill. So now together, let us link up in thought all those people throughout the world who are working in this Goodwill Meditation Group. Now let's reflect upon the fact of relationship. Related to family, 
your community. your nation, the world of nations, The one humanity made up of all races and nations. We'll use together the mansion of unification. The souls of all are one, but I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Reflect upon your own and humanity's relationships with all beings who dwell in the higher realms of mind and heart, the spiritual hierarchy of saints and rishis, bodhisattvas and masters, 
honored by all the world's religions and spiritual groups. Imagine you're standing together within the center of the spiritual hierarchy, immersed in the consciousness of the heart of love. For some, this heart of love is known as the Christ, and other faiths have other names for the one at the center, such as Maitreya, the Imam Mahdi, and the Kalki Avatar. Maintaining that high point of contact. Let your thoughts reach out to include all members of the human family in whom the energy of goodwill is active. Use together the affirmation. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, 
I, the one who serves, will want. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the energy of love flowing from the spiritual hierarchy through all people of goodwill and into the hearts and minds of all, infusing them with goodwill and creating loving and harmonious human relationships. Meditate on ways of spreading goodwill, creating right human relationships, and restoring peace on earth.
Realize that you're helping to build a channel between the spiritual hierarchy and humanity through which the energy of goodwill may flow, uniting humanity, solving its problems, and healing all differences and cleavages. linked in thought with men and women of goodwill all over the world, say the Great Invocation, with deliberation and full commitment to its meaning, knowing that we are radiating its potent energies to humanity. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank mm -hmm. you.
Thank you everyone for your participation in that beautiful meditation. And now we come, having done the hard work of meditation, to the fun part, to the discussion that we're going to have on the topic of the psychological renewal of a nation. As you may remember from last week, last week, last month, we have started a series in which we're discussing the problems of humanity. And the first problem which is identified in the book is the psychological rehabilitation or renewal of the nations. And to enlighten us on this topic, I'm very pleased to welcome um, Mince van der Velde and Florian from Geneva. Are you there, gentlemen? Hello, Dominique. Hello, everybody. Well, um, greetings from Geneva. Uh, the title is very interesting and um, that gives us some food for thought. First of all, there is the word renewal in it, which implies a transition from old to new. It has some kind of a time element in it. It's often easily said that the book Problems of Humanity is outdated. Although it's true that the first edition stems from 1947 and the third revised edition from 1964, the underlying thoughts and analysis of the problems at hand are still very relevant. Taking it for granted that many of us will know more or less uh, what is in the book uh, written in 1964, we may look at world problems in the past, in the present, and in the future. That's what we'll try to do today. Much of our perception depends on the perspective which we take. To give a first example, in 18, 1820, that's about two centuries ago, 94% of the world population lived in poverty and 84% in extreme poverty. By 2015, less than 10% lived in extreme poverty, and the first of the Sustainable Development Goals is to eradicate poverty completely by 2030. Another example stems from a UN library event to which I participated, and there was an organizer of the World Economic Forum in Davos. And he said that on the cover of the first program, that's in 1970, it was written, women are allowed to follow the debates from the balcony. Now in the Western part of the world, gender equality is nowadays a much discussed topic. It's not yet a fact. In other parts of the world, traditional and religious barriers are often, often much stronger. Can I continue? Please. Yes. Okay, in the, <clears throat> in the chapter on uh, psychological renewal of the book, several nations are reviewed. Of course, Germany and Japan were special cases. And how does that look now, 75 years thereafter, after the Great War? Uh, for those of you who don't know the structure of Germany, they have a chancellor, which most of you will know, that's Angela Merkel. But they also have a president, which is Frank-Walter Steinmeier, and that's more an ethical function of the country. And he went to Jerusalem for the Yad Vashem Holocaust Memorial celebration. And he has spoken there and he said, I quote, I too stand before this monument as a human being and as a German. I stand before their monument. I read their names. I hear their stories. And I bow in deepest sorrow. And he continued, and this also must be said here, the perpetrators were human beings. They were Germans, those who murdered, those who planned and helped in the murdering, the many who silently towed the line, they were Germans. 
end of quote. If we want to make the transition from old to new, we do need to face the past and leave nothing under the carpet. And yet the transition is not without problems. Mr. Timeyer said also, I stand before you grateful for this miracle of reconciliation. And I wish I could say that our remembrance has made us immune to evil. Yes, we Germans remember. But sometimes it seems as though we understand the past better than the present. The spirits of evil are emerging in a new guise, presenting their anti-Semitic, racist, authoritarian thinking as an answer for the future, a new solution to the problems of our age. I wish I could say that we Germans have learned from history once and for all, but I cannot say that when hatred is spreading. I cannot say that when only a thick wooden door prevents a right-wing terrorist from causing a bloodbath in a synagogue in the city of Halle on Yom Kippur. End of the quote. Hmm. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Florian, also from Geneva, sitting next to Mainz. And um, I, I think uh, a point which has been shared right now is, um, is very interesting in itself it is that we should uh, leave uh, nothing under the carpet. Mm -hmm. And um, this, is, this is a stance being taken by uh, the president of Germany, uh, Frank-Walter Steinmeier, to, um, to take a very balanced stance between the past and the, and the, and the present and the future to acknowledge in, in the same way that he is German and that he belonged to the people who um, to whom these, um, these crimes uh, have been uh, perpetrated during the war, but also that he does not necessarily identify uh, with, um, uh, with that. And in this way, he's able to, to take um, some stance that we could uh, characterize as the stance of the observer. And he's able to uh, look forward with hope into the future. Uh, I, I think uh, his words are very... Uh, very modern, they're very uh, elegant. And this idea to leave nothing under, under the carpet also brings forward the idea that um, if, if indeed we do want to renew the psychology of the nation, if we want to um, go forward and, and rehabilitate uh, the psychology of a nation, we need to, to see uh, we need to see what we actually want to uh, rehabilitate. Uh, we will continue um, our talk and we will mention, uh, I believe, uh, means the subject of the United Nation. Mm -hmm. And as such, it stands as um, a coordinating body. And as Dominic has mentioned in the introduction, energy follows thought. And this is what coordination <laughs> allows. It allows us to to project our thoughts into that which we have recognized. The establishing of the United Nation with its uh, charter, we the people and the United, the Universal Declaration of the Human Rights and several uh, other events witness a spirit focused on the one humanity, which held sway in the early years after the war every nation could draw its inspiration for its own psychological renewal from these events. Yet nowadays, the UN is running on a budget which is ridiculous in comparison with the problems it is supposed to address. Okay. <clears throat> it's perhaps a, a bit sobering, but in the opening paragraphs of the book, Problem of Humanity, the Tibetan tells us the psychological problem involved has been a background, sorry, has a background which is centuries old, which is inherent in the soul of each individual nation and which is potently conditioning the minds of all their peoples today. It is here that our major difficulty lies and it is one which will not easily give way to any effort or to any spiritual endeavor, 
whether carried out by the organized churches or by spiritually minded groups and individuals. End of quote. Greed, ignorance, selfishness, and self-interest still are the root cause of the distortions in human relationships, which manifest as poverty, the arms race, racism, or any other of our critical social ills. Liberation of the human spirit depends upon the awakening of heart-centered recognitions, the recognition of the one humanity, the one world, and the one life not as theoretical concepts, but as, a pra as practical realities. As Dominic already indicated in the introduction, these can be brought about through goodwill, justice, right freedoms for all, right responsibility of each for all, and sharing and cooperation. In short, right human relations. Can I um, just interject a question here at this point? Sure. Um, the, the idea of the awakening of heart-centered recognitions just struck me that phrase, the recognition of the one humanity. I wonder what, what would count, and I, I throw this question out to everybody who's listening, what would count as a heart-centered recognition of nationality? In other words, how do we get in touch, I think, with the soul of our respective nations. What, what do you think, Vincent, Florian? Mm. There, is, um, there is one way of, of, uh, of discussing and, and thinking about the problems of humanity um, with, the, uh, with the analogy, with making an analogy with what essentially constitutes a human being. And we, we, we state as, a, as an opening idea, an opening declaration that um, a, a nation is an ensouled entity. It has a personality and it also has a soul. And the most um, uh, conscious aspect for now is the, is the personality. And this personality has to, um, through its practice, integrate the energy of its soul. And so studying the, 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 the idea of integration as it pertains to uh, a human being, we could draw some analogy onto how a nation could do this. There is this idea that um, a personality has uh, different layers of expression. It has a physical vitality and it has an emotional uh, vibrancy. It also has some mental and mind guidance. And these have to somehow integrate and unite. And if they do, then um, I would uh, support the idea that some, some, some understanding that would be a nationwide understanding can take place. An understanding that higher mind and heart are essentially the same, can take place. Those, um, the, the, the sort of understanding can come from the joint and synergetical understanding of the many atoms that constitute the nation's body, namely the people. So as we, we reflect on these topics and as we understand that heart-centered recognition is relevant within our own life, then also we strengthen and vitalize the global thought form that tunes the nation into realizing the power of its own heart. Would, would that be perhaps, Dominic, a way to, to, to approach the, the, this discussion? I think so, yes. I think uh, what you say is, makes a lot of sense. And it'd be interesting, perhaps, to reflect upon for all of I mean, where we have a, an, an audience here of 94 people and who are around, who are scattered across the globe. And it'd be interesting to reflect upon in their, in their different nations what, what the, the vital and the emotional and the mental components look like, perhaps. And 
to think about what what they, what those mean, how they manifest in the, in the national character and the national debate and discussion. Um, mm, absolutely. And if anyone has any thoughts on that, I'd be fascinated to hear them. Um, I know, personally speaking, as a British person, I feel that um, our nation is going through something of a crisis at the moment, psychologically. And um, I think it makes it quite difficult to be a citizen of that nation right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I, won't, I, won't, uh, I won't drone on about it because it would be perhaps a little depressing. <laughs> I think I think um, um, that uh, Dominic, um, the, the the Tibetan through the the writings of Alice Bailey points out a problem which is the lack of uh, inner union within a country, mm-hmm. and indeed when we uh, would consider different different aspects of a single country, very, very um, symbolically speaking, and 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 perhaps. Uh, not being entirely uh, uh, correct, uh, it, ha- it has been said that perhaps the, um, the workers of a country may represent more readily its physical vitality. Uh, the actors and perhaps the artists would uh, perhaps enter more readily the category of the emotional uh, coherence and the vitality, the emotional vitality, and perhaps then the thinkers, the writers, the intelligentsia, would more readily represent the the, the intellect. Um, the Just hold mind. that hold that thought for a second, um, Florian, because we have a, we have a we have a hand. So I'm going to unmute Martha Gallagher. Martha, do you want to contribute? Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it occurred to me, in addition to what you're saying about what is the heart-centered expression of a country, we can sometimes find it in its motto. Um, In the United States, for example, a pluribus unum out of many one um, is um, a way of describing what the United States stood for when it was uh, writing its uh, Declaration of Independence and also the Statue of Liberty which was um, a beacon of the goal of the United States to become internationally influenced. As you know, it was a gift from uh, France. And the, the, this notion of the a pluribus unum really has a, an esoteric component. Um, and I, it, makes me think sometimes when we find a country, our country in retrograde as our country is too, is sometimes where the wounding takes place is actually an expression of where um, the, the dark side is attacking um, and challenging the country to refine itself and to triumph. So those were two thoughts I had. Thank you so much for your presentation. Thank you very much for those thoughts, um, Martha. And um, it's interesting to reflect upon um, the idea of a motto as well. I mean, there are, there are, there are a number of um, different uh, things uh, that, that can symbolically reflect a nation, such as, you know, a, um, a motto, a flag, an anthem. All of these, and also the language that it uses, obviously, is a very important part of that. However, I'm, I'm just going to, there's, a, there's two or three more contributions from people in the chat, which I'm just going to read out just now. Just hold on a sec. Um, okay, so we have from Anahita, in case one is living in a country which is not the country they hold its nationality, what would be the relation of that individual with the country of residence? Is it possible for them to connect to the soul of that country? A very interesting one to think about. Um, uh, Heidi Kunkler, 
I think that first of all, the government of a nation should give the example to the citizens what goodwill means. And I think there's a very, um, a significant thought that, that at the moment that part of the role of governments and part of the role of those who are within governments is to be an example. And what does that mean in our current situation? And I think there's a couple more contributions. Oh, for some reason my, my mouse isn't working. Oh, yes. Uh, from Maka Watson. As a native Hawaiian, there's a lot of tension in the state of Hawaii due to the colonization. We pass on the trauma of the past using the logical mind, but it is up to the individual personalities to purposefully bring in the energy of the heart. This will bring clarity to the overall situation. Also, the motto of the state of Hawaii in English translation is, the life of the land is perpetuated in righteousness. So again, reflecting on a motto and what that, how that can um, manifest as, as something that is a collective expression of the will in the heart of a people. And Donna Hemmingson says that we can also consider the soul and personality rays of a country when we think of how we, we may relate as a citizen. Well, there's a lot of rather interesting ideas there. I don't know, Florian or Mensa, whether you want to respond to... Yeah, well, I want to link in on, on the first question about if you live in a country which is not really uh -huh. yours, can you relate to that? I'm not saying that I'm the best example, but I do live in a country and I did live before in a country which is not mine. Mm -hmm. I think the clue is to be a world citizen. Mm -hmm. You can identify, I'm Dutch from origin, that's no secret. But if I would think as a Dutchman in France, that's not going to work. And you can relate with the soul of a nation. Um, and I think that that's the clue. If you want to be, I'm not saying that I'm a world citizen, but I try to be one. And by trying that, I try to relate to the soul qualities of the country. Well, not I'm living in, but where we are living in. And I would suggest that anyone who lives in another country can try to relate to that, that soul quality. The second one is, although I do agree with Dominic that the government should be should have an example role, I should also I would just like to add to that that we shouldn't forget that each country, or at least in most of the nations of today, the government is a reflection of the population. It's not the other way around. Most governments are more or less. I know that it's not absolutely true elected uh, by by the population. I know there is a lot of corruption and things like that, but in general, the government reflects the people they are governing. I, th I think that's a very good point, and I think that's something that is a, a general point that, um, that sometimes um, esotericists may struggle a little bit with, which is that... Um, the center of gravity of the consciousness of a nation is often not as high as we would like it to be. And, and, exactly. And, and finding ways and being able to find ways to elevate that sometimes may, may, may make us consider that we, we have to sometimes tune our message slightly differently. Um, and I noticed there's another comment from um, uh, Evgeny Pikalov. What do you think about the responsibility of disciples for their excessive national position, which sometimes dominates the international one? Well, hmm. are disciples responsible for their, for their excessive national position? I wonder. I wonder which disciples... Are you thinking of Evgeny? I, th I think, um, I mean, it could, one could make a distinction between um, the national position as the nation, as it relates to the personality of the nation, or the national position as it relates to the soul of the nation. Because that would give us um, perhaps an, an um, a, a way to, to distinguish if we actually are 
um, we have a national position in regards to how the nation will contribute within the sum of nation and, and as a uniting, uniting and uniting factor or whether we are um, tuned to the national position as it pertains to its personality and we wish that uh, nation to gain power over other nation to um, get uh, riches over other nations and so on and so forth perhaps that would be a way to address this idea yeah i think it, it's a relative problem the more you become a disciple um, you have different different degrees of disciple the more you will become what I before mentioned, a world citizen. So the more you, you are impregnated by this discipleship, you will understand that nationalism is there, but that's more a personality expression than a soul expression. So the more we get to, to express our souls, either as an individual, the disciple, or as a country, we will go more to understand each other as individuals or each other as nations. And, and, and just following on from that thought, there's, a, there's an interesting comment from Christina Kosmodaki in the, in the chat. Um, because Greece is about to celebrate 200 years from its independence as a nation, I wonder how today this idea of independence can be imbued with a new meaning, hmm. renewed. This is, of course, not all in the case of Greece. What do you think? And this is where I, I think, um, thanks for that, Christina. Um, I think this is where independence and interdependence, the interplay between the two, because as, as Florian, I think you were saying earlier that, that, that the importance, uh, a nation doesn't, isn't really a nation until it's fully integrated, I think you would say, mm. in the same sense in which a, a personality, a person is not really a personality until their, their mind, their emotions, and their, um, their physical vehicle are somehow working together properly. And um, I think that uh, in, in that sense, it's important that nations become properly integrated personalities before they can really become, if you like, interdependent properly too. It's, 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 it's the same story as it is for a, a, an individual growing up. There is a process of integrating into society and into, into becoming a citizen, that very important word. What, what do you think? Yes, well, the, I, I, just to, to, to reflect on that, I see there is a, a, a question about the citizen of the world. Yes, indeed. Um, and what, what does that mean if we are living in different countries? When I say, talk about the citizen of the world, I don't mean that we are all have to be the same. We are, don't, we are not going to be all of the same color or the same you or something like that. It's, it's unity in diversity. And I think we shouldn't forget that a world citizen is only expressing his own soul. And that can be, that, that should also be the case of the nations. I know there, that we seem to live in a world where after we did have a globalization, whatever that really may mean, but there was a trend to, to interact with each other. Now we see almost anywhere in the world uh, a reaction to that and nations tend to to retract on it on their own but eventually we will understand that that's not going to work if we want to really make this one world or one humanity on this on this planet i think also dominic you you um well i, I resonated very um very um naturally with what you discussed in the topic of uh, a nation being uh, integrated and it's it is indeed a very uh, peculiar word to for a nation to say it is independent mm -hmm. whereas all the water it drinks come from neighboring countries and the air it breathes it's is also flowing freely through the world um, within uh, esoteric literature we uh, often 
have the word uh, of uh, individualization um, or we have the word integration and, and perhaps uh, we should celebrate um, an anniversary of our renewed interdependence and perhaps that would make uh, more sense. Well, maybe I can link on that um, with a, a statement which the Secretary General of the United Nations made. Uh, mm -hmm. As you know, the UN will exist this year, 75 years. They were uh, founded in 1945 and uh, they are thinking about um, how to, between quotes, celebrate it. But at the same time, they are very much thinking about the future of the UN. And uh, the, the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, made a statement in which he outlines uh, his vision on the 21st century. And he started by indicating four threats to progress in the 21st century. And I will just enumerate them without going into all the details because we don't have time for that. But the first one is growing geostratic tensions and mass violence in fragile states, creating an unprecedented refugee crisis. I think we all know what he means by that. The second one is the climate catastrophe. We all know about that too. The third is rising mistrust in global, regional and national governing institutions. And the, the, the fourth, is the dark side of the digital world. Now, the underlying causes of point one and three, you can easily find them back in the book, Problems of Humanity. But problems two and four, that means the climate change and the dark digital, digital world, they were inexistent at the time of writing of the book. Climate change may be related to the manner we manage the resources of the earth, and there is real reason for caution, caution as a look at the Earth Overshoot Day will show. What is Earth Overshoot Day? That's the day which symbolizes the day that humanity has consumed as much of the Earth's resources as the Earth can produce in one year. Of course, a couple of decades ago, that would be the 31st of December. But now this day is in July. And about the digital world, well, of course, we know the internet and artificial intelligence, as many other things, can be used positively as well as negatively. News and fake news are often difficult uh, to separate from each other. Social media have smashed many barriers and continuously reshaped the landscape of thought and media influences. And unfortunately, the time of demagogues is not over yet. And few people are really thinking for themselves. Key here is, of course, the raising of consciousness, which we try to do through this webinar too. And of course, through education, which is also one of the sustainable development goals of the UN. I feel I should say something right here. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, we have the we have the, the great privilege here in Geneva to 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 have the UN, and it's a, it's it's of course it's a it's a city, um, you, you know you have UN diplomats uh, walking around, and we we can sometimes go to uh, UN events, and uh, um, it's very important this this uh, UN body that allows to um, uh, coordinate and address some of the the world problems. Um, in, in, topic, in, in discussing the, the idea of raising the consciousness of humanity through education, I think also here we, we, um, we strike on, on, on a point which is very interesting, the idea that people can truly think for themselves. Um, this is an idea which, which, um, which we can discuss within the context of goodwill, but we actually bring this idea also in, in, in much more uh, esoteric uh, domain when we want to discuss about it. It's, it's an idea of bringing forth the, the, the radiation of the soul forward um, to bring the, the vitality of the, of the inner realm within 
a demonstrated expression. And therefore, the, this, this topic of making a sustainable development goal that is education, and perhaps we should say right education, um, in the spirit that education may be uh, heard uh, with, its, with one of the understanding of the etymology, which is extucare, which is uh, extract from within to make one person flourish. We want to make citizens of the world flourish. We want to make nations flourish. And that perhaps uh, lead me to, um, um, to, to, to address the idea, because we've talked about uh, uniting and unification and, and division and independence. And um, it's, it's one of, the, of the, 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 the challenges of our modern world that some of the subculture crystallize uh, in this day and age and um, when we read um, uh, the teachings we uh, we can see that uh, one of the fundamental requirements is to think of one another with loving thought and it seems like something very benign something very uh, simple but yet it is very uh, very deep in itself because to think of oneself with the spirit of division will create division to, to think of oneself, to think of each other with, uh, with, with loving um, intention will actually intertwine us. And, and again, it was in your introduction, Dominic, that you mentioned um, the, the, the power of, of, uh, of, of telepathy, even unrecognized telepathy. Uh, the resources that we share actually do spread borders when we start uh, thinking uh, of one another with love. I think that's uh, we're probably reaching towards the end of our time together, but I think we've had a very stimulating discussion. And thank you for that, Florian. And um, and uh, apologies to all the there's a two or three comments which have zipped by, and we haven't really had time to comment on them. But I just like to finish. There's there's one that I'd just like to the last one I'd like to finish with. Um, uh, which is Maka Watson, who says that it seems the solution to all the problems of humanity starts at personal development, personal realization for the individual relationship to the whole. It's a growing fashion to try to change the world. I think we must be willing to change for the world. I think that's mm -hmm. a nice way of putting, summarizing quite a lot of what you were actually saying, Florian. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, for our final the very final thoughts, I'd just like to invite either Mintza or Florian to, to read out. There's a very beautiful quote from Krishnamurti, which I think... was um, pleasure. He, was, he has been saying this in 1965 in Zanen in Switzerland. The quote is, it is not a revolution within oneself as an individual that we are talking about. A matter of saving your own particular little soul but a revolution within oneself as a human being totally related to all other human beings. We may consciously separate ourselves into petty little individualities, but deep down, unconsciously, we are the inherited human experience of all time. A mere superficial and mere superficial changes on the economic or social level though they may provide a little more comfort and convenience, are not productive of a new society. We are concerned not only with the human being's transformation of his total nature, but also this bringing about a different society, a good society. And the good society is not possible if there are no good human beings. Beautiful thought, and I think we shall, we shall just end then on that thought and with a moment of silence.
And thank you everyone for your participation. And next month we will be discussing children, youth and education. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.